Hey, uh, this is Focus Friday with Nate. I'm glad that you're tuning in to uh, listen on uh, some some knowledge that that uh, the Holy Spirit's dropped into my my spirit to release to you guys. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. Um, so we all know that the Bible says that we all fall short. And that is why we need a Savior. And that is Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of um, for our sins. But, uh, I know that none of us are perfect and I know that we all make mistakes. We all, we all sin and have to repent and ask God for his forgiveness daily. Even Paul said that he has to, to die daily to his flesh in order to fulfill the will of God and not his own. And it is a daily thing. We have to renew our minds each morning because we see things. We sometimes unknowingly participate in things that are not pleasing to God. And we have to renew our minds and ask God to clean our slate yet again. But the whole point of being Christ chasers, Christ followers, being made in the image of Christ, being the body of Christ. We're supposed to, in, in our bodies, our limbs, our hands, our feet, our legs, our mouth, our eyes, our brain controls all of that. And if Christ is the head of the church, and we are the body, that means that we're not supposed to be autonomous in our own mannerisms. We're supposed to do what God is saying to do. Just like our head tells us, oh, reach for that cup, pick it up, don't drop it. If you touch something and it's hot, let it go because it's not good for you, it's going to burn you. Why do we ignore those things whenever we're part of the church, whenever we're part of the body, and we're supposed to allow God be to be the head of us, and over us, and directing us, and guiding us, and teaching us? We, we ignore whenever something is bad for us because we want to do it, because it feels good, it looks good. It might sound good. And I heard someone say that, uh, just, just yesterday something about, well, the devil doesn't have any power because God owns everything. But the Bible says that he's the Lord of the air. And let me, you know what, let me, let me, uh, let me find it.
I'm going to look it up real quick so I can give you Ephesians 2, verse 2. Let's go there. Ephesians 2, verse 1. Let's start there. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil who is the commander of the powers in the unseen world. In Greek, the Greek translation says, obeying the commander of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Y'all get that? Someone said that the devil has no power. But Ephesians 2 verse 2 says he has powers in the unseen world. We can't see the air. Why do you think we have to fight so hard whenever we come into the house of the Lord sometimes to shift the atmosphere in order to allow God's presence to enter in? We have to break through our own will of, oh, I don't, I don't want to be here this morning. I have other things I could do. I'm tired. I don't really feel that well. Let's just get this over with. That's deception from the enemy. That's making you feel like your personal fleshly desires of needing sleep and needing to eat and all of this other junk overrides what you need from the spirit. But the Bible says that this world will pass away. From dust you you were made and to dust you will return, but your spirit lives forever. So why aren't we trying to nourish our spirits whenever we have the opportunity to do so? We need to get out of our own heads, get into the heads of the Lord, since he is supposed to be our head. And we need to operate as the body and do what the head is telling the body to do. And that is to heal the sick, to speak to the lame so they can walk, to to open deaf ears. We're supposed to be doing all of this stuff. I know I personally have never done it, but I'm supposed to. But I find myself falling into past stuff. I find myself falling into my fleshly desires. And look, here's what the Holy Spirit said. It just it was just a thought that he he dropped in my my head. And it said one of these days I'm coming for the church. And what do you want to be doing 
whenever you hear those trumpet blasts. And let me tell you, I immediately got so convicted that I had to repent. I had to fall on my face and repent for everything that I I was seeing, everything I was doing, everything that I was thinking about. And I'm not saying that all of it was was horrible, sinful stuff. But anything that's not pleasing to the Lord is not pleasing to the Lord. It's super simple. So we're supposed to constantly be in prayer, constantly be praying, pray without ceasing. We're supposed to always have our mind on the kingdom of heaven, on God, on his kingdom. These are the things we're supposed to be thinking about. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are are pure, those are the things that we're supposed to be thinking about. Good things. We're not supposed to be constantly down and out, constantly complaining about how we feel, how our body feels, how much sleep we got last night. That's life. It is what it is. But what do you want to be doing whenever you hear the trumpet blast? I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to be in the middle of sin whenever you come back. I want to be ready. I want to be watching you. I don't want to be in a corner hiding because I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. So please lead me, guide me, prick my heart as soon as I have a thought that's not of you so that I can avoid the temptation so that I can have the way out that you promised me in your word. Guys, this is getting serious. I don't know if you've seen the news, but the Israeli government or the ministry of the water, um, whatever they call it over there, uh, basically their water department is, um, has released a warning that they are predicting the Euphrates River to be completely dried up by 2040. And that is a biblical prophecy in Revelation. If you go read it, read Revelation. It, it talks about the angel pouring out the sixth vial and the Euphrates River drying up so that the, the, the kings of the east can march across to the west without being stopped and have this all-out war. Biblical prophecies are being fulfilled in our generation, and we are still asleep. We need to wake up, not not be woke, not be woke. I'm so sick of the woke culture, because all it is is following your own desires. Because oh well, this is this offends me, or I don't like this, so let's let's complain about it until we give get what we want out of it. And that's stupid. I don't care what I want. I want, and I know it sounds contradictory, but listen to me. Let me change it then. I need God's will to be fulfilled in my life. Because I will not be successful without it. 
I will not make it to heaven without God's will and without me walking in that will. We've got to open our eyes in the spirit realm and see the prophecy fulfilled. You can't look at it with normal eyes because the scientists over there, they're trying to, to blame it on, on culture, on um, climate change. It's not climate change. It's God. The Bible already predicted that this was going to happen. It already prophesied that the Euphrates River is going to dry up. And it's happening. What do you want to be doing whenever these prophecies are completed? Do you want to still be denying God? Still in your sin saying, well, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to trust God. This is just coincidence. Really, it's a coincidence that a book written thousands of years ago predicted the grandest river in the Middle East drying up. And now that it's happening, you want to say it's a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. It's prophecy being fulfilled. What do you want to be doing? Do you want to be caught lacking, caught in the middle of your sins, doing sinful things whenever he says, come home. Because my, my fear, and this is the enemy. This is what the enemy said. You're going to be caught in your sin so that when you get to heaven, God is going to look at you and say, I thought you were doing my will. I thought you were doing the things that I wanted. But whenever I called you home, you were in the middle of sinning. So I don't know you like I thought I did. Depart from me. I thought you were good. I thought you were faithful. But I can't let you in because you weren't doing my will. And the part of the enemy in that is that he was telling me that all I do is sin. I'm never in the will of God because I'm human. Because I lack the ability to be like my Savior. But that's not true. Satan is getting bolder. He's getting more schemy, more manipulative, more deceptive, and it's all being done in the open. If you look at Hollywood right now, if you look at music right now, and that's what I wanted to say about the air. People, I've heard it yesterday say that music is just art. It's not demonic. I hear art. There's nothing demonic about it. People just have their own way of doing things. Of course they do. Of course it's art. But it's still demonic. The enemy is the, is the ruler over the air. Which is why they call the music going out over the airwaves. Because unless it's glorifying God, it's not glorifying God. You can't have your cake and eat it too with music. You can't listen to things that don't glorify the God. Like, let me let me just say, this whole argument about the airwaves came about from Doja Cat's new song called Demons. Where in the music video, she gets possessed by a demon because of some man. 
And people are saying that it's, it's just an artistic choice. She knows what she's doing. The writers know what they're doing. There's no artistic choice. They're, they're pushing demonic activity. There's no two ways about it. You can't have your cake and eat it too and expect God to bless you whenever you're filling your house, your atmosphere with things like that. You, you're listening to things like that on the way to the house of God to worship God. And then you wonder why you can't feel him, why you can't break through the, 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 the wall that's blocking you from his presence. What are you doing? And what will you be doing whenever he calls us home? Guys, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not trying to make sound judgy. I'm not trying to bring condemnation because God already punched me in the face with this already and told me to share it with someone else. I haven't listened to Joji's Cat's new song. I've seen clips of the video and I've seen enough to know what the music video is about. It's literally called Demons. And she she gets possessed from a demon and ends up dressing up as a demon for the music video. Because it completely envelops her whole being, which is what possession does. And you can't tell me that these people that are successful are not... You can't say, oh, well, God bless them. They're, they're, look how successful they are. It might blow your mind, but in the Bible, Satan tempted Jesus when he was fasting. He brought, he brought him three times to, to, and said, bow down to me and I will give you everything you see here. All of the pleasures of the world, all of these kingdoms, I will give you and you will be rich beyond measure. People sell their souls to the devil for money, for fame, for fortune, to be popular. That's what these artists are doing. Anytime you see an artist dress up in what we depict as Satan or a demon, I guarantee you they have their fame and fortune because Satan has given them what they want. So that they don't chase after Jesus. That might blow your mind. You might say, well, Satan doesn't have any power. But he does. Satan has whatever power you allow him to have. And some of these people have given him all the power over their lives. But that's why you come in the church on Sunday and you're trying to worship and you, we have to, to literally stop services sometimes and intercede and pray in the spirit to break through atmospheres in order to shift and allow God to enter the room and completely canvas everything in it. It's because we're not doing the will of the father. We're not obeying his word. We're doing what we want to do and expecting him to bless it. It's not going to happen.
do you think now this is this is just a thought this is just a theory because there's no way to know this for sure but do you think daniel in the bible whenever the king released the order to not pray to anyone but himself you can't pray to god you can't pray to any other god but you can pray to the king because his advisors told him and convinced him and manipulated him to do it and daniel was one of his highest advisors but he still said no I have to pray and give glory to the God that I believe in, the one that I know to talk to me, that saves me, that answers me. I'm praying no matter what. Do you think that if Daniel heeded that warning, that if you pray to any other God, but you don't pray to me, you're going to be accused and you're going to be disciplined and there will be consequences. Do you think that whenever he was thrown in the lion den, After, if everything happened just the way it did, except him praying in the window, he said, okay, I won't pray to God, uh, but I'm not going to pray to you either. And they threw him in the, in the lion's den. Do you think God would have helped him if he wasn't doing what God told him to do? I think God could, but also... Maybe not. Because what we expect God to do is be this magician who performs magic tricks whenever we request them. We don't want to have a relationship with God. We don't want to spend time alone with God. We don't want to read his word. We don't want to get close to him. We don't want to shut up for a minute and listen to what he has to say. But when we get in trouble, we expect that a drop of a hat, God save me. And he'll do it. And then, oh, well, thanks, God. I guess I'll talk to you again the next time I'm in trouble. God God is not some disposable thing that we just throw on the back burner and then pick it up whenever we decide to use it again. He's not a t-shirt. And I'm sorry if this comes across as harsh or whatever, but I am sick and tired of idly sitting by and letting people despise my God, ridicule my God and me and other believers and just let them do it. I am worrying from a place of peace, but I'm still worrying. I am still a soldier. I might look calm to you, but I guarantee you, I can, I can put up a fight. But I am, I am sick of this generation belittling my Savior. He doesn't need me to defend him. He can defend himself all by himself. Because he is way more powerful than I will ever be. And I do have power given to me by God through the blood of Christ. I have dominion. I have authority. But nothing like my Savior. And I'm thankful for that because I would abuse that power because of my carnality. Because I haven't figured out 
everything like God has. I haven't, I can't see into the future like God can. I can't see what's about to happen next like God can. But what I can do is pray that God gives me the wisdom and the knowledge to make the correct decision whenever the time comes. And right now that decision is to chase after God with every fiber of my being and to bring as many people as I can to him and say, look, I was like you. I grew up in church, but I was still like you. I still wanted to do my own thing. I still wanted to chase after my own will. But guys, we're running out of time. We are reaching the day when there will be no more opportunities. There will be no more room for mistakes. We are reaching the day. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be today. It might not be next week. It might not be in the next 10 years. But I am telling you, we are reaching the day where we won't be able to share Jesus with anyone anymore because Jesus won't be listening. Because he would have already came, got his church, and everyone else will have to face what they've, what they've made. They'll have to lie in the bed that they created. Guys, I don't want that to be you. So if you don't know who Jesus is, please get to know him. Please reach out to someone you trust, a spiritual leader that you have seen live and walk the talk that they, they, they share. If they talk Jesus, look at how they walk. Judge them by the fruit of the Spirit. And if that matches, if, it, if it's the same, if, it, if their fruit matches their talk, ask them how you can be saved. Let them walk you through it. Because any good spiritual leader that listens to the voice of God will be able to, to teach you how to be more like Christ. They'll be able to show you in the scripture what you need to do to be saved and how to walk in that salvation. Guys, we're living in biblical fulfillment of prophecy. And I don't want us to miss out on heaven. I don't want us to miss out on the kingdom of God because we're too selfish and too stupid to shut our own mouths up, to, to close our minds off to, to what we want and to open our hearts to God. We have to get out of that mindset that, oh, well, Jesus knows my heart. Of course he does. And he sees how deceitful it is. He sees how manipulative it is because even you believe that your heart is telling you that you're okay and you're not. We've all fallen short of the, of the grace of God. We've all fallen short of his mercy because we're sinful, which is why we have to constantly renew our mind transform our mind to think the way that God wants us to think, to do the things that God wants us to do, to speak how God wants us to speak. Guys, I'm coming to you with this message in love 
because I want you to make it. I want us all to see the kingdom of heaven and not just from the outside. I want him, I want us to get to heaven and say, yeah, you made some mistakes, but you were faithful to what I wanted. So all things, all of that old stuff is gone. It's under the blood. I can't remember what you did. Because of my sacrifice on the cross, my blood covered your multitude of sins. And today I say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. You did the will of the Father. You walked in your salvation. You walked in your mercy, in my mercy, in my, my saving grace. You walked and fulfilled my will for your life. So welcome home. Here is your reward. Guys, if I get to heaven and the only thing he tells me my reward is, is eternal life in his kingdom, and I don't have mountains of treasure and a mansion in heaven, that, that'll be enough. Because I will be able to be in the presence of my God for the rest of my life. And I won't have to go to hell and be separate from his presence. I can't think of anything worse than not being able to experience the presence of God. I'm sure hell will suck because it says there will be fire and brimstone, gnashing of teeth, screaming, tortured souls. It'll, there's, there's biblical description. Just read it. All of that sounds horrible, but the worst part is, is crying out to God and him not hearing you because there, his presence is not there. That breaks my heart that some people are okay with that because they haven't truly experienced the love of God because of church hurt, because of religion. Let's stop spreading these false narratives that God only loves you if you follow a certain set of church rules. Because the Bible says, even in the midst of your sin, he still died for you. He knew that you were a sinner. He knew it. And yet he still shed his blood for you. He willingly was beaten. He willingly was physically abused. He willingly was nailed to a cross and exposed and humiliated for you. I don't know anyone else in my entire life of anyone who's ever said, I love you, Nathan, that would do that for me, except my God, who robed himself in flesh and didn't, didn't utilize his, his divinity on earth but instead chose to walk as a man and fulfill the prophecy that a spotless lamb will be slain for all of us. Guys, I, I really hope that this message reaches you where you are. And I hope and pray that you turn to God 
like I said, find a spiritual leader that you trust will not lead you astray, will not give you what they think you should be doing, but instead will turn in the scripture and say, here's what God says. I love all of you. And I pray that you don't miss out on the kingdom of heaven because you just aren't ready to submit. We're running out of time. And I don't want you to miss the mark. So please. Don't miss it.